of you. So sit back, relax, close your eyes, and let us guide you through the world of all things Asian dramas. I'm your host, Andrea. And I'm your co-host, Tiff. As a disclaimer, we're native English speakers. While we're expert drama watchers, we are not expert speakers with our languages. We are bound to fail at some pronunciations, so please don't mind our mistakes too much. We will strive to do our best and learn from our errors. In time, we are confident we'll improve. Today's episode is entitled 100 Days My Parents Episodes 5 through 8. So, before we begin, Andrea has an announcement for us. Yes, I have decided to start another new endeavor related to our Asian drama watching. I created an account on Discord servers, just basically a chatting and voice community. And if you stop at it, start it with a kdrama.com. I have a special post. It should be the one right before this post about the podcast. There will be a special post for this app that you can go ahead and join. There's like a desktop version. I think there's also an app version. Once you sign up, it's called Weekend in Dramaland. And I've just recently set it up. My first time using it. So it's just a little... Hoping to create like a little tight-knit community where we can actually all get together, kind of chat, share our thoughts about episodes, anything related to the podcast, or even any other post on it, start it with kdrama.com. So as long as it's like Asian drama related, but like hopefully it'll be a good place to be, and we hope to see you there. All right, just to warn you people, episodes five and six somehow kind of walked out my memory, so it's going to be a little interesting. It's been a little bit of a, a long time between posts, which is our fault. Some of that pesky real life issues kind of popped up, so I decided to just push our podcast off a, a few days, and now we're trying to recap four in a row, so please forgive us because we'll probably forget some things, but we'll try to recap what we hope are the most important and main points. And we're probably going to be jumping around between the different episodes because <laughs> there's like so much like that happens in like a minute segment in one episode all of a sudden becomes really important like two episodes later. So yeah. so just be like a, a big old chat. Yeah, basically it's just us talking about what we really remember and... Hopefully don't mess it up. <laughs> Hope so. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so things that really stuck out. It would be that I have renamed him now as Prince Uncomfortable. He has been upgraded. Anyway, our prince is starting to get flashes of his memory. Not anything significant enough to know, oh hey, I'm the prince of this country, but enough that's like, wait a minute, I'm not this lame person that everyone thinks I am. He discovers that he can do some sword fighting. And then he discovers that he can do archery. Which pretty much uh, shocks everyone. It's like, oh, they thought he was just absolutely useless. Yeah. Uh, see here. And of course, with each memory being retrieved, he gets a bit sick or mentally distracted. Or passes out. Yeah. Which leads us into... Where we left off in episode four. Yeah, where he has memories of trying to be assassinated by the the shadow assassins. I looked it up. 
There apparently weren't any actual ninjas in Korea, but um, they look like ninjas. They act like ninjas. So ninja assassins they will be. Yes, they will. <laughs> so in these four episodes, we start to see that the prince is not as safe in the town, village, whatever you want to call it, as like we would hope he'd be. Uh, Hongshim's brother finally makes his way down into the town, village, singing. I guess it's a village. Anyway, he makes it into the village, scoping around, trying to find out if anyone's been found with any injuries, especially the arrow wounds. Because um, they're looking for the prince. Because the left state counselor still believes that he's alive or somewhere up on that mountain. Since the body that they found was not that of the prince. And it was doubly confirmed when the uh, eunuch, Yang, I think his name is, goes to the left state council after screaming, oh, I need to speak to the king. He's like, oh, I can't be the prince because when I was clipping his nails the day of the rainmaking uh, ceremony, he had clipped it too short on, I think, one of his thumbs. It was one of his fingers. He had done that, and when he was looking at the fingers of the corpse that they were presenting as a prince, it was not it. And for all his trouble, he gets his throat slit by the left state counselor. Yeah, because, of course... It can't be found out that it's not the body of the prince mm-hmm. when it is. it has been the left state counselor's doing because once uh, him and his men found the body by the river, he was like, stop, I will go check it out. Because, of course, he doesn't want anyone to know if it is or isn't. Mm-hmm. So he goes down. and It's really not the prince, but he tells everybody it is. Please bow. It's the prince. Mm hmm. He goes through this big, huge, massive charade to make everyone think that it is the prince. And really trying to cover his own tracks at this point. And unfortunately, he's really good at being sneaky and covering his buns. So, obviously, the ninja assassins are sent to find where the prince went. And there's only three guys, one including Yong, uh, Hong Shim's brother. And, well, Hongshim realizes that she sees her brother in the village. And, of course, she chases after him. And he's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not your brother. And then she attacks him with, I think it was a she's sword. And then when they're fighting and he, of course, defeats her, she's like, yeah, it's definitely my brother because it's yeah, identical to the same way that he had defeated her as a child. So then you got that problem where she's like, oh, my brother's finally back. I'm going to go... Stay with my brother. But of course she doesn't realize that he's there to kill the prince. Yeah, and unbeknownst to her, he's been serving the left state counselor. The entire time. Yes, and has been doing his bidding. So who knows up until this point how much bloodshed is on him. Yeah, according to some of the statements he was saying to his comrades, it sounds like he's killed and done a lot of really bad things. And his goal is to get rid of the prince wash his hands completely of working for the left state counselor and live with Hongshim in a safe place. Which sadly, as we get to the very end of episode 8, it doesn't work out. He pretends that he had found the body of the prince because he found out that Prince Uncomfortable has amnesia. He doesn't know who the heck he is. And you realize that the brother actually isn't as cold-hearted as you think it is. Like, he was willing to let the prince live out the rest of his life, not knowing who he was. He was being merciful, but I guess 
the left state counselor realized that he was lying about saying, oh, and I buried his body somewhere. Yeah. He's like, unless I physically see proof myself, he's not going to believe anything anyone tells him. Yeah, but he gave a cut-off hand in a box to the left state counselor. He's like, yep, this is his hand. And he's like, yay, I'm done. I can be free. And then he's um, talking to the crown princess and... Me and Andrew both agree that maybe he's actually the father of her unborn child. Like, they seem to have this really big closeness, even, like, when you see that he uh, tried to flush her throat with his sword the night that that his father was killed. So I think that maybe that he could be the father. And then, of course, he doesn't get his happy ending because you see a, a arrow fly into his chest and he's struck. And that's how episode 8 ended for him. Of course, so... So, I'm really curious because, like Tip said, we've had this sneaking suspicion that maybe he really is the father because, I don't know, there have just been little, like, bits and pieces of their interactions that just kind of led me to believe that he may be the father. Because it seems like the princess is going through an awful lot of trouble to protect and hide the true father. Yeah, she even had some guy killed, who obviously wasn't it. Like, she was tricking, uh, it was like a son of, like, some ranking official, I think. Because she had put a paper somewhere, and I think she just tricked the guy. But yeah, so I think, like, her father figured it out that it really was uh, Hongshim's brother. He's not that gullible. He just, uh, he has to know something all along. He's always, like... He has a full deck of cards, and he's like, oh, he's one step ahead, and always has, like, another hand in his back pocket, and he's ready to whip out at a moment's notice, and he's always one step ahead. Yeah, I mean, he makes for a fantastic villain. He has a lot of other stuff. I'm trying to go through each character, I think, and, like, go through their storyline. I think that would just work better for us. Um, and then, of course, we have Punction with her own problems dealing with Prince... Unreliable, I think I might call him now, with his shenanigans, the uh, the debt, which they're working on still. It's pretty bad. Um, especially after he broke the water pots. Mm-hmm. And then there's the issue at their house. Yeah. With the two of them squabbling about who's going to pay the debt first. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the poor prince, all he's worried about is his flowers, so he's going over, protectively protecting his, protecting his flowers so they don't trample on We didn't get to that yet! Yeah. I didn't get to why that happened yet, hang on! (laughs) But we were talking about characters, so how to? I'm going to right now, I'm not getting to what happens to their house yet. I'm talking about her general problems, where she's still really angry at the prince. And that she's trying to get all these jobs done and things are just still not going the way she wants. And there's a lot of stress knowing that her now her brother is there. She really wants to see her brother and she's really nostalgic and she wants to go meet him at night. So she tells the prince that, you know, hey, if a guy comes around, detain him. Don't let him leave. Which then causes the problems that he thinks that she's met another man while he was in the military and that she's cheating on him. And we got that problem. Plus she has, still has problems with her... Um, adopted father because he really wants her and the prince to consummate their marriage he wants them to be closer he doesn't want her leaving especially when he finds out that she wants to leave with her brother He's like can't you just stay here with me and uh um, yeah, he really puts Hongshim in a difficult situation mm-hmm. where she's like is he really wanduk and her father admits that he's not yeah so now she's in a, she had her suspicions before she didn't have proof 
because she's kind of been doing her own lying up until this point mm-hmm. to keep up the facade. But the unfortunate part is now it seems like guilt is really starting to settle in because she realizes the prince is not Wanduk, so who really is he? Yeah. I felt like the main problem, main problem for her is that she wants to go off with her brother. She doesn't know what to do with this man who's obviously not even the man he's supposed to be. She wants to tell him the truth, but at the same time, if she tells him the truth, that's going to cause even more problems. And of course, we have the things going on in the background, like, um, I forget who the guy is, but he's one of the officials in the village. He's not the mayor, and he's not, of course, uh, Lord Park, but he's the other whiny dude. Finding out that uh, one duck's birthday was that day, and they have a surprise birthday party where they fake um, uh, Marshall being killed. Mm-hmm. There goes me trying to be consistent with one character. Oh well. Anyway, but that <laughs> it was doesn't always work according to uh, plan. But yeah, so there's a lot of crap going on in the village. Like they fake, I said, for they were faking his death because he attacked um, Hong Shim, saying that, "Oh, I'm having the dead called in now. I'm going to take her to be sold off." And so. Um, the prince decks him really hard in the tummy, and then he falls down and pretends, and then Macho falls down and pretends that he did, and they're taking them off to be arrested, and then they find out that it's a full joke, and oh man, Hong Shim was so angry, she like flipped out on them. Exactly, because it's not funny when like, he does a lot of crap, and they've tried to kill him off, like before that point, where um, someone had fired an arrow, with the a piece of paper tied to it and had the poem that the prince had recited at the birthday party for Lord Park. So someone's trying to frame him. And so they're trying to make him uh, do the... Uh, pull, to, to, to archery. To do archery. But because um, Hongshun was kidnapped by Lord Park's people after they destroyed the house, which I was getting to, <laughs> like they ripped up the sakura tree, the cherry blossom tree, um... They um, destroyed the house, claiming that, oh, it was built on Lord Park's property. How dare you build a house here? And also, like, well, she's like, it's been here for 30 years. Why are you throwing hissy fit down? The biggest travesty was they cut down the cherry blossom tree. And it's, like, even more sadder because you find out that the crown princess had destroyed the cherry blossom tree that the prince had at the royal palace. It's like, everything comes full circle. With that damn tree. I'm telling ya. But yeah, so it's just... Updating the like, ripping the house apart, so there's a lot of stress going on for the couple. Um, I lost my train inside the original sink, doesn't even matter. But yeah, so with the birthday party, and of course, the prince is like, Oh, well, if it was my birthday, why didn't you get me any gifts? Because obviously, um, Hong Shim and her adoptive father, they didn't even know it was his birthday. Yeah, and, <laughs> well, to be fair, Wong it's Duk. not even really his birthday. I know, but I'm saying for the, the fake yeah. character, Wong Duk's like, yeah. obviously, the the adoptive father claimed he knew so much about the the real one duck, and it's like he didn't even know the dude's birthday, yeah. or the fact that he's supposed to be thirty five. So it's like, so I feel like he actually didn't know him and wasn't close with him. That he was just a villager, and for whatever reason, left or yeah, whatnot. And that was the first person who came to mind. So he's running with the idea that oh, we're gonna use one ducky's name. Yep, yep. I like how you say one ducky. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, so we have a lot of, like, relationship issues between the two. 
But what I thought was really cute is that I guess um, the prince decided he wanted to be more nicer to Hongshan, plus he really wanted to get her in bed. Like, him and the other, like, villager that, like, kind of, like, buddy-buddy with him, like, they're trying to get him laid. Like, that was, like, their big mission. And so... Which failed. Multiple <laughs> times. Every time. Um, so while he's at the marketplace, he actually buys his cute little slippers with plum blossoms on them because there weren't any sakura... The cherry blossoms. Why don't you think sakura? I need to stop (laughs) watching so much anime. That's what I promise. Anyway. But yeah. But he still got them. And so he had her meet him in the barley field. Unbeknownst to them, the brother of Hong Shim is there to assassinate him. And so as the arrow's being let loose, Hong Shim shows up and she sees the arrow. And then I think it was the prince jumped down to get her to safety or did she jump on him yeah he did some like crazy like turnaround like he could hear that arrow coming like he could hear it coming through the wind and like turned around and saw it and next thing you know did this crazy tumble yes he was one with the arrow he's also ninja man <laughs> but yeah so anyway they end up down there in order to like thwart the would-be assassin he took off hong shim's straw shoes and throw them and she was very mad about it because she didn't realize that he got her new slippers. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like the moment, despite the way that it began mm-hmm. with his life being in danger. Because you can see that Hong Shim's being a little more affectionate and growing more attached to him. Not necessarily saying that she loves him, but maybe she might be starting to like him. Or at and least she really did not care yeah, for him. Because she like she didn't want him to, to get up and leave. She's like, no. What if he's still out there? Don't run off. Don't leave me. And mm-hmm. she just wanted them to to stay together. Yeah. And unbeknownst to them, oh, who's up at the top of the field? Big brother. Yeah, he just stays there the whole time. And I'm just kind of curious, like, what's running through his head? Probably something along the line of this. Oh shit, it's my sister. What am I going to do? Yeah, because obviously he's not going to kill his either of them at this point because it's going to hurt his sister. And I don't think he would intentionally do anything to hurt her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because at first he didn't even realize that Hong Shim, that that name actually was his sister. He just knew that she was the house with the cherry blossom tree. Mm-hmm. And then when she had gotten taken by uh, Lord Park's men... He heard about this Hongshim being kidnapped, and uh, he goes with some of the villagers, and then he sees his sister, and he makes that connection, because he heard that Hongshim got married and has a husband, and he sees them together at Barleyfield, and, like, all the pieces fall together. like, holy crap. She's fake married to the prince who has amnesia. So, like, that really put him in a bad situation. But you can tell he still loves his sister, regardless of all the bad things he's done. Mm-hmm. And that... I said before that he was willing to fake finding the princess by just so that his sister would be happy, which ultimately cost him his life if he's actually dead. I don't know if he's dead. We just saw the arrow get him and that's it. The hope that he escapes, I kind of, I feel like his storyline may have a tragic end. It's just this gut feeling as the series is progressing and that there's so much bloodshed. And so that much is on him and useless just, slaughter. And even if he does get the opportunity to 
runoff with Hong Shim. I just don't know how he would settle back into just a normal everyday life. Mm-hmm. Just especially growing up the way that he did, I just... Yeah, it's interesting because the princess has said, she's like, oh, at least you get to escape this life. And, like, it's really, what's the word for it? Symbolic that they're all bound by this cruel fate. There is no leaving. There is no being free of it. Yeah. So I really do think that, at like, he's mostly going to die. Like, either he's going to die right now or he's going to die before the end of the series. And I think that probably the princess is probably going to die, too. Because of all the plowing she has done, and the fact they find out that she was uh, cavorting with men that weren't her husband is going to be bad. Because I imagine in that time period, unfaithful women are pretty much put to death, I would think. Because when the queen had suggested to some of her people that probably the child that the princess is carrying is probably not the crown princess, they're like, oh, you could be forced to drink poison for that. So I imagine that would be some type of death sentence. Ah, uh, see here. So, I mean, that's basically what their storylines are, where they have to deal with Lord Park trying to get revenge. And uh, then, actually, um, uh, the prince ends up sending an arrow of his own, trying to warn off the uh, Lord Park, because Lord Park's already in enough trouble, because the like in- in- royal investigator finding out that uh, Lord Park and the um, mayor are corrupt. Um, so oh, yeah, so they're in some deep hot water. Yeah, so now they're trying to lie low. And actually, the funny thing is the left state counselor decides to send the uh, detective guy to become the new mayor. And how this came around is that um, the detective guy had gotten a letter supposedly posthumously from the prince. And it was just, I'm trying to think what the character was. Like, I forget what the character was. But anyway, he's trying to figure it out. He's like... You might figure out. I don't even know if it's right because the princess isn't here to tell me. So he's investigating the princess's quarters, like, because I guess he heard through the grapevine that the queen was up to something. And so he sneaks over the wall because the front door is locked. And he ends up in the bush, and next to him is one of the queen's, like, handmaidens. And he gets busted when his older half brother. And some people that are friends of the... Was it half-brother there? I know that was one of the ladies that's affiliated with the crown princess, I think, was there. Anyway, they, he got caught. He and the maid were tortured. And he's trying to save his skin because, obviously, they're going to kill him. Because this torture they were doing was really awful. And then his older half-brother's like, Oh, he probably there just having a lover's tryst because he's done lewd things like this before. And he's like, No, no. And then he hears about the... Amulet, not amulet. What do you call it? Amulet? No, um, it's a curse paper. Talisman, I guess? Yeah, I think talisman was the word they. Well, that's what I know of these yeah, cursed so. things. So anyway, it was, it was a talisman to cause problems between the crown prince and crown princess. And the queen's people were trying to find this talisman so it's not found, but they couldn't find it because whoever put it there hadn't yet got a chance to go retrieve it. But the detective dude's like, hey, I, I know how to find it. So his request is, give me some sugar. And of course, at that time period, sugar was a really like rare commodity. And like wondering what is he doing with this precious sugar? Well, he spreads it on the stone, um, like I guess you'll say a walkway in front of the quarters. I don't yeah, know what to call that. Just... Well, anyway, so he's putting sugar on all these things. And you see the ants coming and they're 
having a field day, but there's one like stone tile, I guess what I'll call it, that nothing is happening. And he picks it up and there underneath is the talisman. And they're like, oh, how did you know that? I'm like, oh. The cinnabar that the ink is made of for the talisman repels insects. Very clever fellow. But then, of course, the left state council is like, oh, well, if you're the one put in there, that's obviously you would know that. He's like, no, no. Mm-hmm. Yep. The left state counselor is a crafty person because he finds a way to pin mm-hmm. Just like the situations on. Everyone. Yeah. Like with poor Eunuch Yang. He may sound as if the eunuch had killed the prince. And then he went and killed the eunuch by slitting his throat, like I said before. But yeah, so he's just trying to continually get everyone else in trouble and twist everything into the way that he wants it. As I said, he's a perfect villain. And then Detective Boy, um, uh, he had given a f- wanted poster to the... It's like Gisyong or something. It's basically a courtesan. And, uh, but yeah, it was a wanted poster, but he claimed that he was giving her a letter from the prince, and then when the ninja assassins came to get in and found out that he was duping the left state counselor, and left state counselor's mad, and then he claims he's giving him the real letter, and then he starts sucking up to the left state counselor because he's trying to do, you know, his investigation without being murdered. And that's how he ends up being the new mayor, because um, the left state counselor wants him out of the way. Not realizing that he's sending him right to where he needs to be. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's really interesting how, like, these little events start adding up into, like, big things. Yeah. And as we were saying, off screen, or, like, all these little events that seems insignificant are, like, actually, like, these building blocks that are leading to this bigger storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, every little thing that these characters are doing end up ultimately influencing a big event. I'm trying to think of anything else super important happened. Well, how about we talk about the king? And oh! Our yeah. coward king, as we have now dubbed him. The useless king as well. Yes. Oh, so, yeah. another one of left state counselor's ambitions is to get the queen and her son dethroned. Mm-hmm. So, that's another main event of the story. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, he has, like, people from the college. Like, he has them all arranged to be sending all these petitions saying, dethrone the queen and the younger prince. And the king realizes that that's who's doing it, that it isn't that the people really are ticked off at him. It's the fact that the left state counselor is the one that's riling everyone up. So, in the first, you know, semblance of him actually having a spine, he's like, I know it's you who's doing it. Like, I want you to stop doing this. And he's like, I bet you just want the throne. Yada, yada, yada. And amazingly, the left state counselor says, I don't want the throne. I've never because wanted of course, it. Yeah. He doesn't want that responsibility. He likes where he's at and everyone else can do his bidding to exactly how he wants. So his hands always stay clean. Yeah, he's pretty much the shadow king. That's what he is. The puppet master, so to speak. And the king's like, well, what do you want? And... The uh, left state counselor thinks about it. And it's like, he's like, what I want is, and he pulls out this big, long scroll. And he's like, I want your seal. When he, I think it was before he actually pulled the scroll. He's like, I, I want your seal. And he's like, oh, so you really do want the king position. He's like, no, 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 no. He has a scroll. And he's like, I want you to stamp this empty scroll. And he says that I'm going to, at some point in time, 
write something on mm-hmm. it because I'm going to need something. And of course he's like, oh, why can't you just tell me what it is and then I'll stamp. It's like, no. He's like, yeah. when the time arises, he, I will fill it in when he has something that he really wants. Yeah. And that because it has the king's seal, it's going to be executed. So that's kind of terrifying. But like, you know, he the king shows us all this big bravado. And then all of a sudden there he is peeing on the floor with his tail down like a scared dog. He has no backbone. And even his younger son says, you know, I know that you allowed your first wife to be killed in order to become the king. And of course, he's like, oh my gosh, I didn't know my son knew about this. And he's like, are you going to let this happen to mother and I? He's like, oh, no, no, I won't let it happen. Exactly. The king is in a prime position now to turn the tables on the left state counselor to stand up to him to take control of the throne and to stop all of the left state counselor's wicked deeds and assassinations that are going on behind the scenes. But he just sits back, and as as soon as he grows a pair, literally, the left state counselor has a nice little rebuttal back to him. And as Tiff said, he turns into that little puppy with the tail between his legs. And peeing and on the floor. And he never yep. stands up. Yep. I'm like, hello, you're the king. You've got to do something here. He is the most frustrating character in this whole drama. I know, like, I really can't stand him anymore. And then, like, all he's doing lately is just moping. He's like, oh, my firstborn son is dead. It's my fault because I sent him to the rainmaking thing. It's like, dude, you're the freaking king. Do something. Yeah. At this point, I don't care how you became the king or what has led up to this point. It's like, stand up for what you believe in and finally do the right thing. Like, what is it going to take? But on the converse side there's so much power that is held by the left state counselor i don't even know if he could even pull off a coup or anything anyway half the people in his i don't know what to call i'm calling it a senate but anyway past like people in his advisory thing are all under the left state counselor's thumb and their side is under his wife's thumb not that he knows that like he he is powerless (laughs) he has literally put himself in the worst position imaginable yeah, um, honestly, I know this sounds really cruel. I think probably he's going to be one of the casualties of this show because he's a really crappy king. He's a really crappy father and husband. Like, were he to be assassinated by the ninja assassins, I wouldn't lament him. And that's really sad. It is because <laughs> I'm not. to the point that you just don't care. At this point, you just. Yeah, I'm not a heartless person, but when you have a character that's so vexing and so useless and that you know he has no redeeming qualities, you stop caring about his well-being and you're like, you know, if you die in the next episode, I'm not going to miss you. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. Exactly. And we all know firsthand how powerful the left state counselor is, but the king has had ample opportunities t- to plan or at least figure out some kind of alternate plan to get around it Mm -hmm. of course not going to be an easy feat by any means finding someone who's not in the counselor's back pocket or even the queen's that's the problem he is living everybody's literally out to get him exactly but at least the queen doesn't want the king to die. She just wants things to go according to her plan. Yes. She wants her, she wants her son to assume the throne. Mm-hmm. So she really doesn't care if the king's, our prince yeah. 
is dead or not. Oh, she wants him to be dead. Mm-hmm. Like, she absolutely wants him dead. But the interesting thing we found out is, hey, she wasn't the one who actually executed the plan. She wanted him dead. I mean, she tried. She had mm-hmm. him, like, poisoned. But... <sighs> Her attempts have been very futile so far. And very stupid. <clears throat> like, she's not as genius as a left state counselor. Exactly. And she played the prince for a fool thinking that mm-hmm. he would drink that knowingly that it was poison and knowing her agenda all along. Yeah. That's the problem. Everyone in the royal compound underestimates the prince. Everything he does, he's laughing at them behind the scenes because he knows what they're doing and he's just waiting for all the dust to clear and then he's gonna, you know, stomp them all. (laughs) That's why I'm kind of hoping and praying that soon the prince regains his memory so we can get some semblance of order back Mm -hmm. to the kingdom. I mean, even if I don't know how things will end up going, who will die? Who will live? Well, obviously the left state council's gotta die. When you have a villain like that, you can't stick him in jail. He's gonna get out. He's gonna have buddies. Let him out. So no, he's gonna have to be on the, uh, chopping block so to speak Mm -hmm, yeah he has to go but um as i was reading was a description for a hundred days he's away from the castle not castle but like the royal compound he's away from home so that's roughly three months and ten days i said roughly so i don't know how long the time has has passed yeah i don't think there's been like a super long time yeah there hasn't been a clear mm-hmm. timeline of events which is kind of one of the, the weaker points of the drama when these these 100 days are so significant but we actually don't really have any scope of how much time has actually passed mm-hmm. i'm gonna say maybe roughly a week to two weeks at most a lot of things have been happening on like every single day that they're showing it's occurring So, obviously, we have quite a ways to go, but we're now at the halfway point. We've finished the first eight episodes. There's only eight more left. So, the question is, are they going to really drag it out to the last episode, or are we going to start stepping the pace up? I don't know. Yeah. Me, personally, I'm hoping he finds out soon. So, something can slowly start to happen and he Mm -hmm. can plan what he's going to do to correct these problems that are occurring at the palace i would say if they start having him really start to realize who he is like episode 10 that's fine because i think episode 9 they still need to start working on um the relationship between the prince and hong shim and things like that because if you have him like remember everything episode nine then there's all these episodes of just like nonsense you don't want him to regain his memory too fast we know definitely now that um that the detective guy is coming to the village things are gonna be really interesting because if once he sees supposed wong duke he's gonna realize that that's the prince that's the prince it's like what's he doing here and Something's not right, and they, when he finds out that you know, he's an amnesiac, like he's gonna be really conflicted because a he's not gonna get the answers that he wanted from the prince mm-hmm. to begin with, 
And, like, then he's really doubly screwed because he's supposed to be there on behalf of the left state counselor. So what does he do? Like, how can he get away with lying about, oh, yeah, the prince is walking. Mm-hmm. But he can't tell him that because then the prince is going to be assassinated. Exactly. And so my curious is what order of events are things going to happen is... Alright, um, right when we were, like, really getting into our discussion, the recording stopped. So, we might have to backtrack a little bit in our conversation. Yes, we're so sad we looked over and, like, there is no more recording. How much did we just talk about and it didn't record? Yeah, like, we replayed, like, a little bit of, like, what happened before the recording, like, three times. And I'm like, uh-oh. I don't know how to, like, re-begin. So, we'll just kind of start where I figured. Sort of. Remember. Okay, so where we did leave off was talking about the detective guy being the new mayor of their village and seeing that the crown prince is walking around quite alive, but not having any memory. Basically, as Andrew was saying right before we got cut off, the order of events that have to occur as this is going on. Yes, especially when Mr. Mayor comes to town now. Mm-hmm. Who's going to see who first? Is the prince going to have more flashes of memories? Or is he going to see the mayor? The mayor is going to recognize him. And is this going to trigger memories? And also, being that he has quite the crush on Hong Shim, and he's going to find out that she's married but to the crown prince, but obviously it's an illegal marriage because... A, he's not the real one, and B, he already has a wife. (laughs) So. Things are about to get complicated. Yes. And here the left state counselor thought he was doing a good deed by getting our little detective friend out of the way. Not realizing that little detective boy just strolled right into the exact problem that the left state counselor is dealing with. He's actually right where he needs to be. Which will lead him to complete his investigation. Mm-hmm. Although the prince has no memory of what the character written on that paper was. Anyway. And obviously he did not hear about what the to bear thing meant. He doesn't know that the crown princess is. Embarrassada. But, um, anyway. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, there's lots of little, little things going on. As I think Tiff and I were mostly talking about this on screen. Seems that there are, um, when we were watching uh, What's Wrong with Secretary Kim, the storylines, there were a lot bigger sections of episodes. There was less little subplots and stories in between, whereas this one is kind of opposite, where we're seeing lots of like little scenes swapping between characters and all of these little events and of course as we were saying earlier like it's plot within a plot a subplot within a subplot within a subplot so it's subplotception <laughs> but yeah and like and you'll forget about like a minute long scene and then all of a sudden a few episodes later or like half of the episode later it's like oh light bulb oh that's why that was important or oh this the little micro scene led to a big problem or a big event this could crutch the screenwriters they are really good at like weaving these little threads amongst big sections and connecting Mm -hmm. these threads yeah and 
kind of so far I think they're doing well at not leaving a stone unturned. Or if they do, it's not because they're being lazy with their writing. It's the fact that a future episode will be able to properly do that section justice or that it's really important later on in the story. But it had to be shown at this time because time has to go on so they can build up to fruition. Yep, you can't introduce a storyline and immediately have it resolved. So Unless Some it's something menial. But if it's not a menial thing, it's like a really important plot then you you only like lightly pepper it in the soup of the plot and then later on as you're serving the soup of the plot the flavor comes in and there you are was why it's there i'm thinking about food again that's why we're getting food analogies (laughs) anyway (laughs) so i'm just thinking what else have i left out or is that the major section i know i'm leaving out a lot of little pieces there's lots of lots and lots of backstabbing and little plots and people being killed and Lying, deceit, you name it, it is there. All that fun little political warring you can expect Mm -hmm. in a historical K-drama. Yeah, or any type of historical drama where there's just be a lot of, you know, people lying, conniving, and doing naughty things for for the wrong game. Yeah. Like, one of these days, when I get down to the library, I'm going to see if they have any history books on actual, like... Um, East Asian history and see if they have anything about the South Korea. And a good question is, um, do you see that this region where it's taking place is in actual South Korea or, because I don't know how long North and South Korea have been separated. Like, is this kingdom just a, a certain part of the country or is it like the entire Korean space? Like, I'm just curious. Because I, I don't well, know anything. I think... Um, North and South really didn't split until there was that big war. Okay, that's North and South right. Korea. Because I'm just trying to like what I'm envisioning. Kind of, sort of split up because then you had Russia infiltrating the North, and then you had the U.S. going into the South. So that's why we have South Korea is kind of more of a democratic society, a little they've more been, similar to. They've been the US. Americanized. <laughs> Alright, no, because I said before, I'm trying to, like, piece up a historical drama with actual historical fact, which is hard, because I don't know a lot about Asia, I don't know anything, to be honest. I'm German, so what the hell do I know? (laughs) You gotta know about German history! I got it, but Asian, I don't know anything. Um, I have a neighborhood, actually, it's from the Philippines, I don't know if I mentioned to you guys before. So, like, if I was watching a Filipino drama, I'd be able to actually get real facts, but, yeah, I don't really know anything about Korea, so... On Discord, yeah. you could always tell me. Yes, please, please, if you use Discord. And if you're, like, button. Korean, could you, like, give me some actual facts? I mean, I can look through textbooks, but I know I've said this before. American history books are always from the point of view of the victor, and they skew a lot of things. So if you could tell me, like, your people's actual history and kind of tell me how that ties in with this drama because I don't really know anything about the Jossian period other than the fact that like their clothing is magnificent. <laughs> Especially the hat that the guys wear. Like I like those hats. Things. Yeah with the bead work hanging. Yeah and like where it looks like it's meshy on the brim. Yeah see I'm gesticulating Andrea's like oh, I'm translating this gesticulation. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I talk with my hands. Anyway. So that's basically what the last four episodes are. It's building up to the prince 
being discovered, more of the left state counselor doing diabolical things, the king being as spineless as always, the queen trying to lie her way out of everything. Although I'm starting to feel a little bad for the queen because although she is quite a nasty lady, she doesn't deserve some of the things that the left state counselor trying to do to her. Exactly. Yeah, like it's actually the person who's the, like the biggest victim would be the younger prince. The kid did nothing wrong except for being born. And that shouldn't be a crime either. He's so worried about his mother. He knows that the first wife of his father's was, of course, I guess, murdered by the left state counselor's people or she was pushed. I forget how they said she died. She was trying to go to the temple visit. But anyway, so yeah, like I feel really bad for the younger prince. Because he's probably the most innocent one out of the entire, like, crew. Because he's done nothing yeah. wrong. He's really got the, the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. Because what can he really do? Because he's also powerless. Very powerless. Position. Like, at least his older brother got away with a lot of things. But this kid, no one puts any faith in them. And they're trying to get rid of him. So, yeah. So, I guess that's pretty much our recap. I'm hoping that this week we'll actually be able to watch the next two episodes and actually get out the podcast this week. We'll have to see how that goes because yes. these four episode recaps are really hard. Especially after some time has passed. Um, yeah, we've been like really, really busy as we said before. With a lot of stuff. Okay. The good news is I took some vacation days at work. So I said to Tiff, maybe we can get together some more and pre-record some content mm -hmm. and at least keep a steady consistent stream of podcasts coming out hopefully weekly cross his fingers so at least that'll be a nice thing and then hopefully we get back to our weekly podcast yeah with two episodes because four is yeah it's not working <laughs> it was very hard especially because you kind of want to try to follow a chronological episode order, but it's kind of hard when you end up talking about the characters and you kind of segue into mm -hmm. other things. It's very, very difficult to follow one train of thought. Yeah, plus sometimes an event that they show in there will be shown from more than one person's point of view, and it's like, ugh. Yeah, well, anyway, some predictions for this week's episodes. There was a preview, there's a kiss coming, we know that. We know that with the arrival of the new mayor, there's going to be a lot of problems. Of course, the left state counselor, he's always going to be up to something. The crown princess is now really going to be playing it up that she's carrying the heir apparent. And that um, she's going to try everything she can to lie. And of course, we don't know what's going to happen to Hong Shim's older brother. Whether or not he actually survived the arrow wound or not. Um, I kind of hope he does. Even though he's probably going to die at some point. Mm -hmm. I hope he just doesn't die just like that. Yeah, I'm hoping that like, maybe... I'm hoping there's some kind of heroic moment maybe. left in him. Or maybe when they shot him, it only hit like his shoulder. Maybe. I mean, I know back in those times, like medicine isn't as advanced now. But I've heard that like Eastern medicine, even in those time periods, is very effective. So maybe they can find a good healer for him. Hey, Hong Shim's uh, father ended up healing the prince, so... No, maybe uh, no, they had a doctor. 
Well, a doctor. True. Speaking but, of that, we didn't talk about the worm soup. Yeah. <laughs> or Hongshim uh, line that she gave him worm soup. Yeah, basically what happened is I forgot about this is a really funny thing. Um, like while the prince was resting because he passed out because he had the the arrow wound and plus you know just mental fatigue and everything, she went and killed and this man no a wild chicken. It looked like a normal bird in the tree. Apparently chickens can be in trees. I thought they can't fly. Yeah, I don't know from my understanding that it was supposed to be wild chicken. If it's something else. Please let us know. Maybe it was a chicken hawk. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But like, I didn't think it was a chicken. But anyway, all I know is that she made KFC soup, <laughs> but she pretended that it was actually worm soup. And the prince was very ill from thinking about it. Yeah, she really got him going. He's like gagging. Mm-hmm. And she's just totally messing with him at this point. You notice there's some a lot more like lighthearted moments, and you see genuine smiles, little smiles. Coming from the prince. He's just, uh, when Dio smiles, he's just the cutest thing ever. And I'm like, can he just smile the rest of the drama and I'll be happy with however things go? <laughs> anyway, okay, for real, I'm closing this up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so my prediction is lots of um, betrayals, a lot of what just happened here, and... Smoochy smoochy. You gotta have some romance. And maybe, just maybe soon, our dear prince will actually get past first base. We shall see. Yes. And the question is, will he get past first base as the prince? Or? Or will he be as the amnesiac one, Duke? That is a big question. Yeah, because, like, I wonder how Hongshin's going to take it when she finds out that she's been hanging out with uh, Fool the entire time. Not really that Fool grew up to be... The prince! Yes. Who she's been thinking about all this time and all these years. Mm-hmm. Literally the person she's been saving herself for. Yeah, not realizing that she could have had him so many times. <laughs> but it's so cute that he's still a virgin, so that's really nice. Anyway, so. Anything else? No, I think before we find something else to, yeah, I better. to, to talk about, we'll, we'll, we'll shut up now. Okay. If you made it this far, we must have done something right. Thank you for watching and supporting our podcast, which is hosted by Castos. If anyone has any suggestions for future segments or recommendations for other shows to watch, please feel free to leave us a comment on this blog, startwithakdrama.com. Also, we did mention we have Discord now. If you have the time, please also take a moment to rate this podcast and leave us comments. We are available through Castos, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Until next time, I'm young. I'm young.